Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an explanation blog covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined by Pale Dragon. PD, this has become a trend lately between us <laughs> doing these pods. Yep, good to be here again, Will. Yep. So we'll get right into it. Starting off, the Blue Jackets, of course, are in the middle of their preseason. So uh, basically, they're 2 1 and 1. Not that the record matters so much, but they're basically right in the middle of it, PD. They're playing Buffalo as we speak here on Monday night. They still have Detroit on Wednesday, the Blues on Friday, Pittsburgh on Saturday before the season gets going next week. But so far with the preseason, what are maybe some of your takeaways from what you've seen or noticed? Um, obviously, you know, we're seeing players like Cole Sillinger, just to name a guy like that, Igor Chinnikov. Chinakov, trying to <laughs> learn that name, how to say it, but uh, guys like that, that we've gotten a, a, a little bit of a look at. So uh, what's been uh, some of your takeaways? Yeah, well, I, I think the those rookies, that's a great place to start because we have definitely gotten a look at both of those guys in preseason, a pretty long look, really. They've gotten a lot of games and those players have been playing with good line mates, which I think indicates that this team wants to see not just can they make the roster, but can they make the roster and play in a top six role? And as a pleasant surprise, I think the answer for both of them is a resounding yes. Chinakov especially looks like an NHL player. Like there's no doubt to me that he will make the roster. The shot that we saw in Traverse City, we've seen it again the preseason. That's just an incredible wrister. I was at the game on Wednesday against St. Louis. And he did not score in that game, but there was one point where he had a shot that uh, missed the net, and it uh, it hit the glass right in front of my section, 107, and I was about you know uh, 15 rows back. I could feel <laughs> the shot like reverberating through my seats. It hit. It made such a loud nice. sound when it hit the glass. I mean, he has a cannon of a shot. Uh, what's incredible is that. It's like he gets almost as much power from his wrister as he does from his slap shot. And he's accurate with it. He's able to pick his spots. What also struck me in that game, you know, obviously being there in person, I'm able to follow more than you can when you're watching the live stream. Yeah. 
he's a solid player away from the puck. Uh, I mean, he could get back on the back check. Uh, he had an active stick. There were a couple times where he forced turnovers uh, at the blue line. So that's, that is really impressive to me. Um, seems like he's just got great hockey instinct. So yeah, there's no doubt about it that he is going to make the roster. And, you know, I think he's poised to have a real impact. Uh, you know, obviously power play, he could certainly help that because he's a, yet another great shooter to oh, use yeah. on the power play. Um, but I think he's shown that he can have an impact on both ends of the ice at five on five as well. Uh, and then Cole Sillinger, you know, much to our surprise when camp started, he, they had him doing line rushes with line A and Voracek. You know, we were wondering, you know, who's going to be the center on that line. And damn, they're they're giving Sillinger the chance right away. <laughs> 18 years old, just yeah. drafted a couple months yeah. ago, um, you know, was playing in the USHL back in the spring. Um, it's quite a jump. You know, we weren't sure if he'd be NHL ready or, you know, would he play in the WHL? Would he maybe play in Cleveland? You know, I think based on what we've seen, I'd be very surprised if he gets sent to the WHL. I think I think his game has just advanced beyond juniors. Um, and if they have the option to send him to Cleveland even, then I think that that would be the lowest <laughs> route that they would go. But I think based on the fact that he is getting these top six minutes, the fact that he is you know, getting power play minutes, penalty kill minutes that they're trying him out in every situation and that he doesn't look overwhelmed in those situations. Uh, I think he's going to start the season, you know, maybe they, after nine games, they decide, Oh, we're going to send him down to Cleveland for a while. But, you know, I think even if they send him down to Cleveland at that point, he's going to make his way back up to Columbus eventually, just based on what I've seen. So either way, he's going to burn this year of his contract. Cause I think he's just, he's too good. And he looks really comfortable out there. He has great hockey instincts. What struck me in person is that he's very decisive. You know, when he gets the puck on his stick, he's not just sitting there with it. He's moving or he's passing or he's shooting. He's got a powerful shot. You know, it's very, it's different from the Chinnikovs, but it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of weight behind it. And, oh, here we go. The Jackets got a power play goal here against Buffalo. Boquist? And this was the uh, Line Voracek, Bjorkstrand, Jenner, and Wolorensky. That was the top unit. Bjorkstrand was in the middle, passed it to Voracek on the right side. And Voracek actually shot and scored. That was, uh, you know, nice. he was not billed as being the, the scorer necessarily. But uh, it's nice to know that he can shoot if he has to, and the teams will have to respect oh, that. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, oh, yeah. That's good to see. Yeah, so that's a big, that's another we go ahead and transition to the next aspect of the preseason. The power play has been scoring actually. Like we might have a competent power play. Crazy. Now what was interesting is that, you know, they were scoring in those early games, but after the third game, Larson spoke about the fact that, because he was asked about, Hey, power play is doing well. And he mentioned that at that point in camp, they still had not really installed their power play system. Because just, you know, 60 plus guys at camp, there's just not really the time to work on that kind of nitty gritty X's and O's. Yeah. So, which means that the power play doing well, like that was just the players playing on instinct, you know, following their gut, trying to just do the right things. And which I was, you know, worried that things would be worse once they got the coaching, you know, like maybe it's better to just let the guys play, you know, because I feel like, one of the many issues plaguing the power play over the last five plus years was that it seemed like players were thinking too hard. 
you know, or they were oh, overthinking yeah. how to play rather than just playing and letting the game flow naturally. But hopefully we're past that. You know, maybe Pascal Vincent's the one that has the right touch here on the power play. Maybe it is that we finally have the right personnel for it and personnel that complements each other. Uh, you know, Janakov's been getting power play time. Sillinger's been getting power play time. You know, we've got a guy in uh, Adam Boquist who's going to get some some minutes yes. here power power playing the uh, the second unit. Yeah. So at, at Wednesday's game, uh, they scored a power play goal right in front of me, which is a great one. You know, it started, there was a pass from Warinsky to, uh, or maybe it was Bean, I forget the defender. But anyway, went to line A there in the left circle that was right in front of me. And line A didn't shoot it right away. He caught the puck and held it. And I was so bad. I was like, come on. It was passed right to you. Shoot the one-timer, you know? But instead, what he did was he waited for an opening, and then he passed it across the ice to Voracek. And then Voracek one-time passed it to Jenner, who was right in the crease, and Jenner tapped it in for a goal. Um, It was a beautiful tic-tac-toe kind of pass. So I have to admit here that I was wrong, (laughs) and Line A did the right thing. But it showed, you know, one aspect of the power play that we have not seen for a long time, which is... One, a series of fast passes, not sitting around with it, and that there was a pass across the slot, which, you know, previously, you know, under Torts and Larson, the power play would be just cycling the puck around the edge, you know, yeah, which didn't do anything to test the penalty kill. They could just sit there in their box and not have to, to really exert any effort. Um, but when you're passing from the point to the circle across to the other circle then down to the crease that's you know you're when you're finding the holes in the penalty kill defense that is how you have a successful power play and it's i'm relieved <laughs> and excited to see the jackets finally pulling that off and again aggravating that you know why did we not do this sooner the solutions seemed obvious i mean seeds has yeah. written about it how many times you know and he's been right every single time but hopefully you know maybe now this season we can get an article from him about how look they're finally doing it right so fingers crossed that this carries over to the regular season um and against teams that aren't you know a buffalo preseason roster but nonetheless very very exciting yeah. to see yeah that. yeah mark shy over at the hockey writers just talked about adam boquist you just mentioned that name being a guy actually he called it the Boquist effect for the power play and so I I mean it's hard to do any worse than what they've done (laughs) over the last handful of years but as I was telling him yesterday on my own pod I said obviously we want to see significant improvement and he he's he sounds confident or he's pretty much expecting a significant improvement in that power play. And the blue jackets, I believe had three opportunities at the game you were at against the blues. Mm-hmm. Did you, was Boquist? I assume Boquist was part of at least some of those power play attempts, right? He was. Yeah. 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 And, and he, um, what struck me in the game, I don't remember much about what he did on the power play specifically, but he's a really good passer. He's really good with the puck. He's really good skating with the puck, you know, defensively, no one's going to mistake him for David Savard. But I saw some nice plays. Honestly, though, I feel like from in, in all that I've watched from preseason, I've been more impressed with Jake Bean than with Adam Boquist. And that's not necessarily a knock on Boquist. Right. I don't think he's been impressive, but he hasn't been bad. He's just been, he's been he's fine. 
But Jake Bean has has stood out to me in a good way. I think they're both going to be a good addition to to the roster. You know, I feel like it's definitely there's this type of defenseman that we're heavy on now, which is guys that can they're puck moving defensemen. So we'll see how effective they are at actually playing heavy defense in the defensive zone. You know, I don't know if there's anyone besides Gavrikov that's going to be really reliable at that kind of game. But there's defensemen that can move the puck, and I think that's going to help the offense as well. Um, this is going to be a team that is going to win by scoring. This is not going to be a team that's going to lock things down like they did under Torts, which is fine. Uh, I, you know, I think it's going to make the team entertaining, even if they don't always win. I still don't think this is a playoff team this year. But you know, these preseason games have been fun to watch. You know, by preseason standards, but we've at least been putting points on the board. Um, so that, right. and, and, and I think that the defensemen are contributing to that. We've seen, you know, goals from our defensemen in these games, including from Boquist and from Bean, you know, they've been, they've been scoring, which is great. So that, that's been, that's been good to see. I do think that higher event hockey or mm-hmm. basically more scoring will be a key. And yeah, there, I, I think the Buffalo game last week on last Tuesday, I believe when they had like a four, what was it? A four, one lead lost five, four in shootout. Yeah. That might be a microcosm for the season where you have some highs, but then you have some lows. You just gotta you just gotta balance that. Mm-hmm. I think we all know it's very easy to get excited when you beat a team like a Pittsburgh or whoever or just win a game and then you have another game that looks pretty good and then the bottom falls out. So we know that it's gonna be growing pains and we wanna see that development happen but man it's really exciting though to think about some of these guys like chinakov chinakov <laughs> uh cole sillinger other names of course jake bean adam boquist uh even like guys that got sent down and we'll get into that but even basically i was gonna ask you with uh with the preseason games that you've seen was there any names that stuck out to you aside from the regular guys that we've been talking about that you think, yeah, this guy might not be on the team opening night, but I like his his potential for later in the year, or maybe there is a guy that will be on the team that you're saying, yeah, that guy, we haven't talked about him, but he stuck out to me. Yeah, um, I think one dark horse guy is Josh Dunn. You know, we saw him in a couple games for Columbus late last season. He played in Traverse City. Uh, he's played in some preseason games here. You know, I think his ceiling in the NHL is just as a, a bottom six center, but uh, I like his game a lot because he's got that. He's a physical player. He's got some sandpaper to his game, but, you know, he's got some, um, you know, puck skills as well. You know, he's not going to be a big time scorer or anything like that, but. He's, I think, seems like a capable all-around hockey player. So I think he's probably going to get some time in Columbus at some point this year once, you know, injuries happen, things like that. So he's a guy that has stood out to me in a positive way among those players. Tyler Engel uh, had a great time in Traverse City. He did not stand out as well to me in preseason. Again, didn't do anything obviously bad, but didn't. I feel like maybe didn't make the most of his time or just didn't stand out in the way that, you know, Chanak over Sillinger did, but obviously that's, that's why they were first round picks and he wasn't. Um, I still have high hopes for him based on what he's done in Cleveland. And I look for him to spend a lot of time in Cleveland building on what he did last season. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, the... uh Team made some roster cuts today. Probably nothing too surprising as we get closer to the NHL regular season starting. And yeah, among those names, you know, guys like Tyler Angle, Josh Dunn, Carson Meyer, they'll have to go through waivers before they go back to Cleveland. But then other guys, JF Barube. Is Cole Castles, was that Andrew Castles, son? It is, yep. I figured so. Okay, cool. I think Castles was the guy I got his autograph back in the day. But uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, not really a, I don't think a major surprise for any of these names and some guys we might see later in the year. But what do you think about a guy like Carson Meyer? Yeah, he, um, well, he he got a goal in uh, the Detroit game, which was otherwise a pretty bad game for Columbus, but it was nice to see him get on the board there. Yeah, he, uh, again, another one who didn't stand out in the way that maybe I was hoping, but I, again, I hope that he can you know, benefit from the coaching there in, in Cleveland. And uh, I think that he will probably get a call up at some point. It seems to me that he might be the type of guy that if they feel they need a little more grit for some games, that he he might be the one that can provide that. Because um, there's not a lot of other guys that, that yep. would play that kind of heavy game on the team, um, which I'm okay yeah, Renato's, with. Renato's not the picture. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm fine with them just, you know, guys that can light up the lamp, but... Um, if we need someone to throw down, I think maybe Carson Meyer can do that. So, yeah, and be, you know, with a guy like Zach Ronaldo out the picture, mm-hmm. you know, Meyer probably brings more game than just that element. Correct. But maybe he's the guy. But uh, yeah, and then a guy like Cam Johnson, goaltender, he was basically not in shape. It sounded like so he'll be back. He actually is going to be back in Cleveland. It sounds like going forward, but uh, yeah, I guess he didn't really pass the conditional test that the uh, rest of the team went through. Yeah, that that's, that was a, an odd situation. Um, but you know, I think it, it, it speaks to what the, the team had said under torts and something that Larson was emphatic that he was going to carry on is that, you know, there's the expectation that players come into camp, in shape and that camp was not the time to get in shape you need to be in shape for camp so they could work on on hockey stuff you know even for for goalies it matters to to be to be in condition uh the goalie situation in cleveland is interesting now yeah because you have cam johnson there under contract 
the team signed JF Berube last week to a standard player contract, um, and he's being sent right. down. Daniil Tarasov is still in camp for now, but presumably will be sent down to Cleveland as well. And you'd have to think that he, given his position in the prospect pipeline, that he would be the primary guy in Cleveland, you would hope. But then there's also yeah. Jet Greaves, who is on an AHL contract, and he was the primary goaltender in Traverse City. You know, I think he played some good minutes in preseason games. He also he was in net for that collapse against Buffalo. Buffalo game. Yeah, but, you know, but two yeah. two of those goals came with you know an extra skater, so that's that's not all on him. But I, I I like some of what I saw from Jet Greaves, so I hope that he can get some reps in Cleveland, has a good time. Uh, I think yeah. it's also you know I was looking at the the depth chart and you know it looks like maybe four guys there who have the minors. How did they get the reps? Um, the team did sign a deal with the Kalamazoo Wings to be their ECHL affiliate. So I'd have to think that one or two of those guys will get sent down so they can get regular playing time down there. I have a feeling the team has looked at what has happened in recent years in Columbus and Cleveland and realized that you can't have too many goalies <laughs> hmm. just based on injuries yeah. and maybe if a trade happens. Yeah. And you know Brad Thiessen, who's the goalie coach there, um, he's been the goalie coach for a few years, but has had to keep playing the last few years because of just a, being shorthanded at goal. But he he's officially retired now for good. They don't want him to suit up again. So, um, yeah, I think it's okay to have a surplus of goalies because you just never know what can happen. You know, in the event of, you know, you never want to think this way, but it's realistic to think like, okay, if a guy like Elvis Merzlikens or Jonas Corposalo gets hurt, and let's face it, they both have had their share of injuries yep. the last few seasons. We touched on that last week. Yep. Uh, I guess who's the goaltender that's coming up to take place? Would it be Barube, assuming uh, he's still, I guess, in the organization with Cleveland? I mean, he's got NHL experience, I guess. I mean, it's a Tarasov. I mean, what's their, what do you think their third string first up would be? Well, you know, that's a good question. I think it, it would depend on how long a goalie is out and how much they intend for the replacement to play. You know, I think it doesn't help Tarasov to have him up here to just sit on the bench and not play. Um, But if it's a case where one goalie is out for several weeks and you know that the backup is going to get, you know, at least one game a week, then in that case, I think I maybe would want Tarasov to be that guy if it's just hey we need a guy to come up for to be the backup for a couple games in that case then I think I'd want it to be Barube um, because he'd be fine with sitting but he also has the experience when he does have to come in and play and we have another goal Emil Bemstrom nice. got it so that is uh he needs that that yeah he he's one that. of these guys that is definitely on the bubble mm-hmm. oh so it looks like he started the play he got the turnover and then skated down and got the goal himself. That was all Bemstrom. That is That's pretty key. That is phenomenal. And, and I gotta say, he's another one who's looked good. He has clearly put in the work in the offseason. He looks a lot stronger. Um, he's not a big guy by any means, but you know, when he has the puck, he's not getting pushed away from it. You know, uh, he's able to power through. You know, in the, in the past, he he could just get knocked off the puck. And, you know, we saw last year, if you looked at his underlying stats, that he was pretty effective defensively. You know, there were not a lot of, not as many chances against when he was on the ice. And then based on him playing more physically now, 
I am more comfortable now saying like, okay, I think you can play Bemstrom in a bottom six role and that he's not out of place in that regard. But what I think it gives you is scoring depth down the lineup. So there's no line that is just a bunch of shotless players, you know? Yeah. There on every line you could have a guy with speed, a guy with skill, but you could also still have, you know, players in the bottom six that are defensively responsible for playing that role of getting the defensive zone starts, going up against the top lines of other teams, etc. But you have guys that can score in every line, which I think is ultimately the way you want. I mean, look how look how a team like Tampa Bay was built the last couple of seasons. You know, they they had guys on every line that could score. So uh, yeah, so that's man. This Bemstrom needed a play like that, and and I think that that was um, that goes a long way to punching his ticket to stay in Columbus. This is kind of the theme, maybe. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You have guys in Bemstrom that's trying to prove themselves. Corpusalo is probably like, man, I want to shut out tonight. Yep. He wants Abs- to prove himself absolutely. a little bit. Guys just want, and of course, I mean, not that it matters, it's preseason, but I don't know. There's probably, there's still that pride in each player that says, oh, Buffalo just beat us last week. Let's just take it to them again tonight. I would, I guess, I'm assuming for preseason's sake. But yeah, so uh, what would you say, I mean, record aside, that doesn't really matter, I guess, mm-hmm. but how do you feel about what you've seen through half of the preseason to this point of this team? Uh, anything that concerns you, or is it basically more or less what you would have expected considering it's preseason and just certain guys doing their thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, on a macro level, you know, coming into this, I, I thought that, Hey, this is a team that it's not going to be good, but I think they could be entertaining or competitive. And so far I feel like preseason has just reinforced that in, if anything, I mean, I was already excited coming into it, but the fact that Janakov and Sillinger have played so well and look to be locking themselves into an NHL role that's exciting, and that was maybe somewhat unexpected. So I would say I, I feel positive about it. I th- just I think the the schedule is too difficult for me to be making any predictions for playoffs or any hope for playoffs. But th- I think this team will be a tough out. I think they're going to be hard to play against every night. And, and it you know, and it's not just it's not all skill. I think we're still seeing some elements of the torts hockey carrying over where, I mean, these guys are finishing their four checks and their back checks. You know, there's still that physical side of the game. Um, I think defensively they are still giving up a lot of shots, but they're not giving up a lot of quality shots, which um, I think is, that's still a positive thing to be carrying over. But I think we're seeing a lot more offensive creativity. So I think this is a team that can, unlike last season, this is a team that looks to be able to score goals, which, um, hey, that's you can't win without scoring goals. So that that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's like we know the team might not be great this season, but what if they are good? What if Elvis and Jonas are healthy? What if Line A gets back to being thirty goals, just thirty goal scorer Line A? You have Voracek, you have Bjorkstrand. What if a couple of these guys, I don't know if it's Cole Selinger or Chinakov, but one of those guys sticks or starts and plays very well. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are a bubble playoff. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You I, never know. Yeah. I, I I think it would take a lot of things going well 
I think it would take all of the best case scenarios for those players panning out for this team to get into the playoffs. Basically like the San Francisco Giants of hockey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's within the realm of possibility, but it's not Probably something not, inve- likely, yeah. not invest- worth investing your hopes in by any means. But, right, yeah. But it's... It, yeah it's not going to hurt to watch this team like it did last year. It's not going to be depressing yeah. to watch this team. Uh, I, you know, I, I want to, I just want to continue to see individual growth, especially from the younger players, you know, grow into their roles, get better from game to game. Um, I want to see maybe schematic innovation. You know, I want to see that the coaches have a plan and that they're deploying the players correctly and that they're maybe trying some different things from game to game, you know, fixing problems as they come up. You know, those are the kind of things I'm looking for, looking for just those kind of small victories rather than how do they stand in the playoff rankings? You know, if they if they can, you know, finish not in last place, hey, that's a win. But, you know, and if they don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to be upset about it because, you know, this is, this is part of the rebuild. Um, it's going to be a deep draft. So that if they can get another top 10 pick, that helps things immensely. And then you, you know, uh, next se- going to next season, you add Kent Johnson and Kirill Marchenko, who uh, I think he's at like eight goals now through 12 games in his KHL season. So uh, there, there's even more help coming on the way, which is super exciting. But yeah, this, this season is just a, a guys trying to find themselves, trying to get experience playing together, that sort of thing. Yeah. Expectations are tempered, but uh, I will root for wins yeah. and not get too fed up if there's losses because not rooting for it. But if it happens and they get a lottery pick, it could always help them out too down the road. So, absolutely, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it should be a very exciting season coming up here in the next what week or so. I don't know the exact day. I'm not looking at the, the October fourteenth. Uh, so I've got yeah, that circle yeah, on the so calendar. Opening night at next home Thursday against Arizona. Uh, I've got my tickets. I, I'm super right. excited for it. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I had the um, I, I for whatever reason had the Diamondbacks game on the other mm-hmm. night, like the very end of it, yeah. and I saw at the bottom of the screen Coyotes at Blue Jackets opening night. I was like, oh, cool. There we go. Cool. So I do remember seeing that they're playing the Yotes, but uh, and I will. Well, I don't know. I know Arizona's not supposed to be very good this year, so oh, no, they're get off on the right foot. Arizona's very, very bad. Yes, and deliberately. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're trying to basically uh, get in that lottery pick conversation for sure. But uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on before we close? Yeah, I had a couple of final thoughts. First of all, you you referenced your podcast interview with Mark Scheig. Um, Listen to that today, and uh, you should post a link to that in the show notes. And I'd encourage people to. Um, check out that interview that Will did with Mark. Uh, Mark is a he's a great follow on Twitter. If you're a Jackets fan, he does great work there for the hockey writers. And so, yeah, that's a podcast episode worth listening to. The other thing I want to say is uh, give a shout out to former Blue Jackets coach Todd Richards. It was announced today by the Predators that uh, he suffered a heart attack over the weekend. He apparently is is out of the hospital, back home, resting comfortably, expected to recover, but. Uh, obviously, that's a scary situation, and um, we wish nothing but the best for for Todd, and hope he gets better soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, hope he's doing well. Yeah, that's all I've got as well. Very well said, and be sure to check us out at CBJ Cannon on Twitter and Facebook at JacketsCannon.com. Preseason games are playing out the rest of the way. We'll be getting those recaps, previews, all that other content up. So check us out, and we will see you all next week. 
Subscribe to the Canon Cast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you can catch every episode. Please leave us a five-star rating. Write a review. We love your feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons. Check out AngelaPearlie.com for more music and show dates.